Well, whoa, good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you all. Hey, aren't you glad? I mean, I'm really glad that we get to have communion in those little cups, you know, because of, you know, health and safety and all of that, maybe. But aren't you really glad that the body and the blood of Jesus tastes better than that? It's pretty awful. <laughs> He's more than cardboard. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> He's much more than cardboard. It's like not even a cardboard cutout. Oh, yeah. He's the real deal. Oy. I want to just say thank you to everybody that's been praying, either praying on our Monday and Thursday calls or just praying every day for the election. Um, you know, we need God all the time, don't we? But I am so glad that um, God is in, in uh, the business of fulfilling his will and his purpose. And we need to, we need him more than ever really as a nation at this point. So uh, thank you to everybody that's praying and, and, and dialing in for that. And Patricia, if you're here for your leadership in that, and really good. Um, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter one. And we're gonna just jump straight into the word this morning. And um, John chapter one, if you're not familiar with your Bibles, it's kind of towards the end. If you go Matthew, Mark, hi Jet, Luke, and then you get to John. If you've gone to Acts, you've gone too far. So you're going to come and help me preach? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. It's so good to see you all, by the way. And uh, I don't know if you've been away for a little while, I see some new faces that I haven't seen for a little while and it's just great to see you here in person and um, it's also good to have you visiting, joining with us online and being together. Not visiting, being with us online and, uh, and just enjoying God together. It's good to be together, right? I appreciate that anyway. So John chapter one, uh, verse one to five, we'll start here. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. What's John the writer, he's a, the, a friend of Jesus, one of his apostles writing this, and he's talking about the Word, um, and what is the Word? Well, the Word is Jesus himself. That's the, one of the names that he has uh, in the Bible. Jesus is the Word. He's the Word of God. And so this, this is what it says, in the beginning was the Word. In other words, Jesus is the pre-existing eternal one. He's always existed as the living word. We love the, the, the written word of God that we have, you know, in our Bibles. I love, I'm just so grateful to the Holy Spirit for him preserving that written word all the way down through the ages that we could have his word to feast on. And it's so important that we, that we eat the word, that we read the word, that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. He's the spirit of truth. And so I love the written word of God. I hope you do. I hope you're spending time in the Word every day and, in, and enjoying Him and asking the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to reveal Himself to you. Because Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes, He will take from what is mine and He will make it known to you. He will remind you of all truth. And so the Holy Spirit's always wanting to lead us into more truth. And so in the beginning was the Word, the incarnate God exists as Trinity, as Father, Son, the living Word, and the Holy Spirit. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus' story doesn't just start at when the moment, uh, the time that we celebrate Christmas. Jesus' story starts, well, in eternity, really, which probably doesn't have a start, right? So because it's by nature of eternity. But he is the one who has made all things. All things were made through him. He was the word that spoke and, the word, and everything that we see came into being. He is the one, Hebrews says, that upholds the whole world by the word of his power. He is the glorious king of all the universe. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then uh, John just kind of taking it out of the eternal realm and now into the incarnation of Jesus' coming to the earth as a a real person to live upon this earth for 33 years. It says this in verse 4, it says, In him, in Jesus, was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says this. He says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. In Jesus is life. There is nowhere else that we can find life except within Jesus. He himself is our very life source. He is the fountain of life. He's the beginning of life. He is the reality of life. In him is life. Jesus came to the earth to establish true life eternal life for all of humanity, for those who believe in him and trust in his name. In him was life, not just was life, but even now in Jesus is life. This nation needs the life of God. We need, as a people, we need the life of God. And in this life, he says, this life, which is, it is his Joy, his peace, his energy, his freedom, his purpose, his provision, his will, everything, everything, his peace, his self-control, everything that we need, everything that was wrong with humanity has come in the form of Jesus, in, and he he is life. And that life, the Bible says in verse 4, is the light of men. We're in a situation, in this environment, in this era where there's so much darkness going on in our, in our world, right? Just, just so much hatred in the, as you, you know, you only have to go on social media and you have to listen to the, uh, some of the debates, listen to some of the politics, some of the commentary, um, look at what happened over the summer with um, the, uh, you know, the racism and then the, the, the anger that came out of that. Um, some of it, no doubt, justifiable, but then all of, the, all of the rioting and the looting and all of those things as a response to that. We're in a place of great darkness, as a nation, we're divided more than we seem to have ever been. We're in this place where, um, you know, even, even where there is love, the love only goes to the people that we agree with, not the people that we don't agree with. And Jesus said this, he said, love your enemies. True love isn't just that you can love the people that you agree with, but that you love the people that disagree with you, maybe even hate you as a result of what you believe. And I'm just so glad that in Jesus is life. The life that we're looking for and in, in this nation is in Jesus. He is the answer. He is the only hope. He is the only way for this nation. Because the issue that we've got with this, with all of us, is that it's not the fact that there's other people doing things wrong. It's that each one of us carries within us, before we come to Christ, this nature called sin. 
This propensity, this ability to actually do the wrong thing, even though we know, the right, know what the right thing is to do. This anger and this hatred that resides within each of us. And the issues that we are experiencing in our society isn't just an issue of one person against another. It's a fundamental issue for all of us of the root of sin in our lives. And that's where we're not, we can't look to politics, we can't look to a leader, we can't look to a government, we can't look to our money, we can't look to uh, our healthcare, we can't look to our way of life. We have to look to Jesus because he's the only one that can actually take away the sin of all of the world. He's the only one that can deal with the hatred that resides in our hearts. The sinfulness of it all. He's the only one and I'm so glad that he is life. He is the very essence of life. To experience life is to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you're actually not living, is what the Bible says. And that life doesn't just kept, just, didn't just stay to himself, but it says this, that the life was the light of men. In other words, Jesus' coming brought life, but that life started to shine light upon, the humani upon humanity and started to show us this is who God really is. This is what the Father is like. Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. I am the truth about the Father. I am the life of the Father. And so Jesus' mission wasn't just to come and bring life and to be life and to show us what life is like, but actually in God, but actually to bring that light, that life to light in us and to show us this is the way to live. And in John 8, again, when I reference this in verse 12, it says, I am the light of the world, Jesus said. And then he goes on to say this, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel isn't just that we walk in a way that we get some illumination from Jesus, but actually Jesus' life becomes our life. You know, we're in a room where we have lights on. If we turn the lights off, we wouldn't be able to see anything. The, the lights illuminate it, but the lights don't change us. We're not, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and, and it says in him was life, because he's life the, life, the light isn't just like a light bulb that we turn on to show us the way, but it is actually the reality of the life of God now living on the inside of us. So every single one of us, when we said yes to Jesus, if we've, if we've said yes to Jesus, his life has come into us. It has borne us again. We've, made, we've become new. We've come out of that sinful nature. We've come into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. And we stand in the light of heaven. Not just standing in the light of heaven, but dwelling with the light of God on the inside of us. Because that's the glorious thing about the gospel. It's not because of the things that we've done, not because of our own abilities, not because of our goodness, but because of Jesus' love and his sacrifice on the cross for us and his death and his resurrection and in our inclusion in that is that we now have the light of heaven on the inside of each one of us. And that is good news. I love the fact that the gospel, which is really the only, uh, only religion in the world that doesn't just tell you how to live better, but actually puts the power of God on the inside of you to do the right thing, to live better, to live the righteous life that God wants us to live. And so whoever, whenever we have that light, whenever we say yes to Jesus, whenever, whenever we believe in him, it's not just that we walk in light, it's that we have the light on the inside and we become the light. Jesus said, Matthew chapter six, he said, uh, not Matthew five, he says, you are the light of the world. And the light of God that's come to us is now the light of God that wants to shine out of us. Because his purpose and his plan is that all people would come to know him. 
You know, we're very familiar with John chapter 3, 16, you know, for God so loved the world or God loved the world in this way that he gave his only son. But in the next verse, verse 17, it says this, it says, God, in fact, let me just quickly turn over the page. It says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent his son into the world, not to condemn us, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus' desire, Jesus' mission wasn't just that he came to, to demonstrate life, was, but to actually to give that life to all of humanity, to turn the lights on for all of humanity, that we would all see him and all know him and that we would not be condemned. And one of the challenges of us as, as a church, not this, necessarily this particular church, but as the, as, as the church around in, you know, in, in the States and other places is, particularly in the Western world, is that we're known for what we condemn more than for what we love. But Jesus' heart is that all men would see him and would come to know him. And so that life is a life that is in us and that carries us, that is bringing life to us, the light of God on the inside of us and bringing light to those around us. You know, last week we had um, David and Amy visiting us from um, Jackson. And if you didn't watch uh, the, the live stream last week, I really want to encourage you to go back and watch it. It was a phenomenal message of how the Lord is calling us to reach our Jerusalem. And how, you know, we're, we're not just called to, to go somewhere else, but we're actually to, to, to live out the reality of our lives here on the earth in the places that God's given us day to day. And they have this incredible ministry where they are down in uh, one of the you know, really, really rough, dangerous parts of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, with drug addicts and, and gangs and, and you know, all manner of things going on around them and, you know, and, and danger, right? And, and that's an incredible testimony and very inspiring. Although for me, so, I've got to admit, a couple of times last week, I'm like, huh, am I even saved? Hello, what are you doing with yourself, Smith? Get out and sort your life out, right? Do something for goodness sake. But you know, the reality is that we're not all called to leave our jobs and go and move, sell our houses and go and move into the worst neighborhoods of our city. Now, some of us are, and I thank God for people, uh, particularly that have a heart for the poor and the, and the broken and are, you know, like the Embrace Durham team and, and are ministering to, those, to the needs of those people. But we're not all called to that, are we? Some of us were called to business. Some of us were called to education. Some of us were called to, to family life. Some of us were called to government. And, and in that place, God's message is that the light of the world in you is still light. It's still powerful. It's still God wants to release his life to those around us, that we carry the life of Jesus. And that's the thing I love about the gospel is because Jesus is already inside of us. Everywhere we go, Jesus already is. But I love the fact that because he's the creator of all things and all things were made through him, he's not limited to just being where we are. So wherever we go, we find him there already. So it's kind of like we get the offense and the defense or we get the one side and the other side. That he's with us and he's everywhere that we go. He's in all places. And in his light shines in the darkness. And this is the news. This is the good news for our nation. The darkness does not overcome it. In your workplace, you may feel that you've got some darkness, you've got some difficult things that are going on. The, your light, the light, the light of God in you shines in that darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Anyone happy about having the light of God on the inside of them? The life of heaven on the inside of them? 
It's glorious news. And that light isn't to condemn people. That light is to actually bring people into the knowledge of Jesus and the Father's love for people. So Jesus came not to condemn, but he came to demonstrate his love, the Father's love to the poor and the needy and the broken and the hurting. He came not to condemn those caught in sin, but to actually befriend those caught in sin. He was known as the friend of sinners. Man, that's challenging. Challenging for me as a pastor who spends most of my time, uh, you know, in Christian meetings, talking with Christians, leading a team full of Christians. And, and, but Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. Are we known as the friend of sinners or are we known as the people that rail against sin? He did come, not just though to, to speak, to, bring his love to those that needed him, but he came also to challenge the self-righteous. To those that were trusting in their own ability to get things done, trusting in how good they were, looking down their noses at other people and thinking that they were good. He had some pretty strong words to say about them. But all in the sense of his desire was that they would come to know him and, and experience the Father's love, come out of that self-righteousness. And it's interesting, you know, when you read uh, into Acts and you, you look at Peter's sermon on, uh, in Acts chapter 2, this is Jesus has been died, he, he's resurrected, he appears to the, the disciples, he's ascended to heaven, he's glorified sitting at the right hand of the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit and, and even the message of the Holy Spirit is not condemnation because he, Peter in his first preach after the Holy Spirit comes says this, you killed Jesus, God raised him up from the dead, so come on, turn to him. It wasn't, you killed Jesus, you're all going to go to hell. No, you killed Jesus, but come on. It's still the invitation, the offer of life is there for us. And so the life of God, his desire is that all men would be saved and that none would perish. That's a challenge to me too, if I'm really honest. Because I don't always live my life like that. I don't, I don't always live thinking the reality of the person, the people that are around me, God wants to reach. Because you, you know how it is, you can get so stuck in your own little world, in your own little moment. I'm going to the supermarket. I've got to pick up some groceries. I've got my list. I should have written it down. It's in my head. Uh, so I've got to think and rehearse it. Oh, and I can't speak to you because I'm just on a mission. I'm head down, moving on. In this season, everyone's, you know, particularly outside or in the supermarket wearing masks. It's so easy just to walk past people and just to forget that actually they're even a human being under that mask that God wants to love them and minister to them. But he wants us to share the light because not only is he light in us, but he is light through us. And so how do we share the light? Well, the Bible says, Romans chapter 14, verse seven, it says this, that the righteousness of the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, rules to follow, but it is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where are we? In the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? in us. It means that we're carrying the kingdom and that kingdom is a kingdom of joy. It means that us, when we're in the kingdom, what we should be carrying rather than grumbling and complaining is actually the joy of the Lord. 
There's so much to be unhappy about in society at the moment, but we carry the joy of the Lord or the peace of the Lord. Where there's so much turmoil and some anxiety and angst about the virus or about elections and what's going to happen before or after the elections, depending on who you support and whether they win or lose and what, you know, all this, what's going to happen with the economy and all this fear. But in the kingdom of God, there is no place for fear. There's just righteousness, peace and joy. We're in the Holy Spirit. So the light of God that we have on the inside of us is the peace of God is the joy of God. And then that righteousness, among many things, it all, it all um, as you know, purpose and achieving God's mission for our lives, it also means the purity and the passion of God. And so the, king, the kingdom is the righteousness that we, that Christ in us is our wisdom, is our righteousness, is our peace, is our joy, is our wisdom, is our purity and our holiness. Christ in us, the life of God on the inside. And so, how do we share that love? Uh, well, we share it by bringing the righteousness, peace and joy of the kingdom wherever we go. So if we're called to a, a business or we're called to the government or we're called to education or wherever we're called, we're looking after children at home, which is a very, very, very important job. We're bringing the kingdom of God. Why? Because we're already in the kingdom, because the kingdom's in us. And so we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and um, I was sharing this testimony this morning of... Um, of one of our friends, one of our community members in this church who, who run their own small business um, and is growing, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, our prayer and our blessing is that everybody that has, um, you know, a business here or is part of a business, those things will grow despite the, um, the economy, right? Anyway, that's in a little aside. They have been just faithfully showing up, doing their job, building this, this business, bringing the righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like righteousness, peace and joy because there's so much turmoil and so much stuff going on. And they're just kind of faithfully doing what God's given them to do. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually watching our live stream, one of their employees gave their life back to Jesus. Right? And as it turns out, this morning I was sharing the story in the first service and she was here. And she's like, and I didn't realize, I was, you know, being cryptic, you know, because I didn't want to kind of give too much away. Um, and she's like, she shouted out from the side, because they showed me so much grace. They just showed me love. And I was chatting to that, that, uh, that friend uh, this week, and uh, in fact, yes, yesterday, I think it was, or day before yesterday. And, um, you know, he's just saying, so encouraging because you plow through, you plod along, you're not sure what's happening. But yet the grace of the, and the love and the joy and the peace of the kingdom that's on the inside of them, that's creating this environment in their, in their workplace for their employees, that there's grace being released to them. And that grace leads those, that individual back to Jesus. That's a glorious testimony. And of course, we've got other, other friends who've been going and, and, you know, just loving that person as they go and see them, you know, see her. And uh, just the story, one story to another, one person releasing grace, another person releasing grace, and all of a sudden that person encountering the love of Jesus. You know, we don't, it's not like we have to witness and, and, and preach the gospel all of the time in our workplace. In fact, sometimes in our workplaces, it's hard to preach the gospel, but we live the gospel 
We live the life of Christ because we have, the Christ, we, have, we have Christ on the inside of us, the power of love on the inside of us, the power of unending joy on the inside of us, the power where everyone else is grumbling and complaining that we actually don't grumble and complain, that we smile, that we love, that we look people in the eye, that we bring joy, that we do our job really well, that we pray for our business, that we see God move because all of those things actually contribute to the light of God shining out of us. I love that scripture in uh, Philippians chapter two, I think it's around about verse 13, 14. And it says this, it says, do everything without grumbling and complaining. Everything without grumbling and complaining. Man, we need a challenge, a slap around the face with that sometimes, don't we? Let, that, let the Holy Spirit slap you gently around the face. He is me, I tell you. Do everything without grumbling and complaining as you shine like stars, as you, so that you shine like stars as you hold forth or hold fast the word of life. The love, the joy, the peace, the, 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 the interior life of heaven is the light of God shining to those around you. How else do we do that? Well, we can do that. One of the things that we've all been learning and the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about is the power of our tongue and the power of blessing. And so one of the things that I, I've really... Um, I just love to do, Ash and I, is to speak as much blessing over people as we can. And, um, you know, sometimes, it, you know, we forget because we get so wrapped up in our, in our own business and busy life. Uh, and as I think, I forget where it is, but Paul, he talks about Timothy and he's writing, I think maybe to the, whoever it is, I forget. And he says this, he says, he says about Timothy, I have nobody like him who follows or seeks after the interests of Christ. Everyone else follows their own interests. May we be a people that seek after the interests of Christ. But being friendly and being kind, just, you know, some, you know, most of the time now when we go to see someone, you've got a mask over your face. So I find myself smiling at people and then wondering why they're not smiling back at me. I think all you can see is a slight crease of the eyes, right? But one of the things that we've been learning and, and Joanne through the Thrive has been teaching us and others, Mr. Jeff, in terms of evangelism is that the power of us looking at each other in the eye and speaking a blessing over people eye to eye, what that does is it actually creates a connection between the other person and ourselves and starts to light up the brain and starts to bring joy to the surface. And so every time we look at someone in the eye and we bless them, we're propagating joy. And if the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, we're bringing the kingdom. And actually the word in Hebrew for I actually also means fountain. So where does the fountain, where does the living water flow out? Well, part of where the living water flows out for us is actually out of, that Jesus prophesied in John 7, is kind of, this comes out of our eyes as we look at people. And so what does it look like for us? It looks like this. It means... When we're at a restaurant, let me give you a couple of stories. Um, we were at, in Myrtle Beach just before the, the, the coronavirus happened and we were all in lockdown. And we were with some friends, the pastors of Catch the Fire there uh, in Myrtle Beach, and we were just having some lunch. And um, our, our waiter was you know, serving us really well. And one of the things that we like to do is just open our eyes to people around us. There's something really powerful about the, I see you. Not just head down, not just rushing to the next thing, 
but actually paying genuine interest and being kind to them. And so we were chatting and we were talking, asking questions. He was at college and, you know, wanting to get a job, doing this, that and the other. And we just said at the end, look, can we bless you? And just so we started to speak blessing over him. We just, you know, we bless your, your, your future. We, God's got a glorious future for you. you know, we bless your relationships. We bless your business. We bless you to get in the right place of study. We bless the right doors for the uni- right university to open up. And we just started to speak a blessing. Really anything that I would want if I was in his situation. And the Holy Spirit started to flow. And you could just see him getting touched and moved and he's like, oh man, I used to go to church with my mama, but I've sort of stopped. So, hey, maybe I should come back because I really appreciate the love that you're sharing. Did he get saved? I don't know. But, we, but he received the light of God. A few months ago, um, when we were having the, you know, the, 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 the demonstrations downtown um, for the, uh, the, ra- the racism and the, you know, the, the, the challenges that we've had as a nation, and, um, you know, that pr- provoked a lot of frustration, a lot of anger. Um, you know, many of my own friends here in our community, you know, we're in conversation saying, yeah, that's, that racism is real. That's what we experience. And so there was this kind of real, real, uh, the reality of the racism that we're, we, we, we sort of is a scourge of this society. But then this kind of response to people and, and, and much of it was, you know, peaceful. Some of it obviously got, got into the place of being really angry, but we were downtown, um, myself and Jeff, and, uh, and Jeff was down there every, every day just sharing the love of God with people. And I went down, I got to chat with this young man uh, who I, has a, turns out he has his own T-shirt company, clothing company, and I really liked his T-shirt. So that was my door open, right? Um, sometimes our accent gives us a door. Ash and I, we have this kind of opportunity because everyone says, oh, your accent's so cute. Where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I, I, lo- oh, I love your accent. And then we can say, well, I love yours too. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> I don't have an accent. Yes, you do. Um, but anyway, I, so I just got to chat with this guy. Just, you know, just a friendly hello opens the door, right? Just looking someone in the eye and saying, hey, how are you? I started to chat with this guy and talk about his business, talk about why he was down there, what he was feeling. Um, I was just, you know, offering my support. Yeah, this, we need to see this racism demolished and finished in this nation. And then I said, hey, can I bless you, please? And I just started to bless his business, bless him that God would provide everything that he needed, that he would, you know, get good suppliers and good customers and that God would prosper him. And, and he was just really, really touched. What's happening is experiencing the love of God. One other story, we were, a few weeks ago, we were at First Watch having some brunch and there was a long waiting line, you know, 20 minute wait as sometimes there is at that place. And we're just chatting around, you know, we're just open. I think Ash or I opened the door for this family coming through who were also waiting. We just got chatting. Again, it's just a simple thing of saying, hey, how are you? What's happening in your life? And we got chatting and they had two daughters, a mum and two daughters who were at school. And we, you know, we just sort of made some connection and built some friendship. And then, you know, in a small moment, and then just started to bless them and pray for them and start to speak godly identity over them. Just a connection, just a place of the light of God shining into dark hearts. Into, into their darkness. Maybe they, their heart isn't necessary. I don't know whether they were born you know, believers or not, but their situation, the darkness, the trouble, the challenge that they were facing. Can I give you a challenge? Bless someone on social media. If you find someone that you really don't like their opinion, 
rather than telling them that why their opinion is wrong and getting into a totally fruitless argument, it's going to go nowhere, won't convince them of a single thing, but just drive a bigger wedge between you and make them think, this is why I don't like Christians. Why don't you take the opposite spirit and actually bless them over social media and write a blessing back saying something good about them? Hey, I appreciate your passion. I bless you and your passion. I bless you to find God's destiny for your life for that passion. Because most people's passion is, mis is actually their misguided, God-appointed purpose. I was chatting with a, uh, a friend who uh, used to come to the church, hasn't been here for a while, and kind of went off uh, quite angry, is very much into politics and a particular agenda, and uh, just you know, wanting to help me see his perspective, which is fine. I don't mind. We had a nice, a nice time. It was actually really good to connect. And even though we disagree on a lot of things, and even though we were, um, you know, he is you know, trying to push an agenda towards me, I'm doing my very best to demonstrate love and remind him that even though the group that he's part of might feel like it's full of love, actually, if, the, if that love doesn't go to his neighbors and his enemies, I should say, the ones that don't agree with that group, then they're actually not living in love. And start to just share with him just the love of God. But at the very end of it, it was my joy and my privilege to actually stand. And I asked him, you know, are you, are you a Christ follower anymore? And he says, no, I don't think so. But to stand and to bless him and to bless his family and to release love and to release joy and to release peace into his life was a, a great honor that I get to. And then we get to reconnect. And, you know, hopefully we're going to reconnect again at some point soon. Not because... He's a project, but because I love him and I want to see his good. And he writes things on social media that I would not agree with. And rather than writing back all the angry things that I could write, we had a conversation and we shared the light and the love of God. And so blessing, particularly in this moment, eye to eye, where we're all, sometimes all we can see is someone's eyes because the rest of their face is covered by a mask. You speaking blessing over them can bring the light of God into their lives. This Friday night and Saturday, um, you can find details of it on our, on our website, but we've got some uh, evangelism training. And this is evangelism. It's just saying hi to people, right? It's just loving people. It's just speaking blessing over them. And Mr. Jeff's going to be doing some training Friday night and Saturday. You can find details on the website. If it's scary to you to think, how do I come up to a stranger and start to speak a blessing over them or engage with them or even say hi, that training would be a good place for you. But here's the reality of it. You have the life of God on the inside of you already. You take him wherever you go, whether you know about it or not. And my prayer, the thing that the Lord's waking me up to is how many times I walk, I go somewhere without realizing that actually God has a purpose for me. That I, I in fact, let me just, let me find this, let me find this quote that I wrote down. Uh, if I can find it in my notes. I'm just loving journaling at the moment, but I'm writing so much that it's hard to, hard to keep up to where we're at to. Ah, I'm not going to find it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Whew. 
This was from uh, Dick Halverson, who was a former US Senate chaplain. He said this, you go nowhere by accident. Everywhere you go, God is sending you. Wherever you find yourself, God has a reason for you being there. Christ who lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit has something he desires to do in you and through you wherever you find yourself. I encourage you to believe this and go in his grace, his love and his power. Everywhere we go, we're carrying the light of heaven. Everywhere we go, we're carrying the life of heaven. And if you're concerned that maybe you, you don't even know how to start to say hello to somebody, the good news is you have the life of heaven on the inside of you. And the life of heaven is light to you to bring you into the light and to bring the light into the areas of your heart. Maybe you're struggling with, your, there's darkness in there. The light of God is for you, for us, to bring us into wholeness and freedom and then for others to bring them into the joy and the glory of God. And I thank God as a church that we have very, very many people that love to bless, that love to love, that love to speak words of life, that love to come alongside people, that love to share the testimonies of what God's doing in their lives. I want to encourage you in your place, wherever God has you, be the light. Don't have to preach the gospel. Don't have to shove it down people's throats. Let your life, let the way that you live your life be a demonstration of the gospel. And when you get asked about the hope that you have, share that hope. When people look at you and say, why are you so happy in the midst of this pandemic? Why are you so full of hope in the midst of this terrible, you know, this political situation? Why are you like that? We share the hope. We get to experience that's because I've got the light of the world living on the inside of me. Because the kingdom of God, loves, he loves me, he's met me and he wants to meet you and bring you into that joy and that freedom. I want to invite you to stand, please. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you just to start to, thank you, to say thank you to Jesus for his Holy Spirit and for putting the light of heaven on the inside of you. Okay, you can say that out loud. Thankfulness is kind of best expressed out loud in my, in my experience. So we say, thank you, Jesus, for putting your light in us. Thank you for the life of heaven on the inside of us. Thank you that you have put your power, your joy, your righteousness, your peace, your love, your patience, your kindness, all the supernatural things that we need to love our neighbours or love our enemies, I should say, and our neighbours and all the things that you're doing. Thank you for that life on the inside of us. Thank you for the joy of heaven on the inside of us. Thank you for the peace that you're giving me that passes all understanding. Thank you for that. You know, thankfulness opens the doorway into an encounter with the Holy Spirit, to seeing God. And so let's practice thankfulness. Here's the other thing I want to do as I'm wrapping up here. I want you to find somebody and I want you to bless them. Just turn to the person next to you, if you want. That's the easiest thing. If, if you came with them, it's easier to bless someone that you, you already know. If you don't, maybe go and find someone. If you need to put a mask on to do that, there's no problem, please do so. And go and bless them and just speak a blessing over them. It's, I see you. Look, in them, look them in the eye. Don't close your eyes. Don't bring your head down. Keep your eyes up. Look them in the face and just say, I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. I, and just start to declare a blessing, the life of God over them, the freedom of God, the joy of God. Go again, if you've finished, have another go. Speak life. 
Tell them how much you value them, that the kingdom of heaven loves them, that God has a plan for their lives. Bless them with the fulfillment of that plan. Okay, so those of you that were receiving a blessing, how did you feel about receiving the blessing? Anyone feel worse as a result? Everyone feeling less, anyone feeling less happy? No, how do you feel? You feel more joy? You feel more life? You feel more excitement? You feel like a connection with that person? Yes. How about those of you when you were speaking the blessing, how did that feel? Did it feel good to speak a blessing? Did it good, feel good to speak life? I mean, I can see more smiles than there were before. I can feel a little bit more excitement and joy in the room. You know, spreading the light and the love of God around us is as simple as looking at someone in the eye and blessing them. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just showing them the love of God. And so here's, I wanna bless you all. I wanna bless us as a community to, uh, to finish this off. I wanna bless each one of us that we would multiply the light and the love of God everywhere we go. That we would multiply the light and the love of God. Not that just that we would walk in God's love, not that just we would walk in God's light, that we would. And I bless you to know more of God's love and to know more of His light, but actually to then be able to let that light shine out of you, let that love go to wherever you are and for that love to transform them and to be multiplied and for that love to then go from them to someone else. Because we've been created to reproduce. We've been created to disciple others. We've been created not just for the life of God to end with us, but to, to, to come into other people as well. So I bless you in Jesus' name with the power of the Holy Spirit. Rochelle.